Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of our Canberra podcast, where we chat all things related to RC sailplanes with prominent pilots like Gavin, designers, event organizers, and other awesome guests. So Canberra Up is now available in several different formats, so you can tune in however you want. We'll continue to have these full-length videos available on our YouTube channel, Armstore, and it's also available as full-length audio podcast through Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you can listen when you're at the gym, riding your bike, or driving to work. Just search for Canberra Up. Now, before we get into what we were going to start talking about, uh, actually, so today is Friday, October the 15th. And we just got news that um, Stream Team, these are the guys who make the CX-5, and in the past, they also made the NXTs and the Stream. Um, their factory burned out. So it, there, there's an unexplained fire. They're still trying to figure it out. The fire department is doing that. Um, but everything's gone. Now, I think they were able to save a little bit of something that was not in the factory. Uh, we don't really know all the details yet, but let me just share some photos and gavin you've heard about this already too right i have i it's a it's devastating it just like my heart goes out to him because you know i used to fly uh cx5s and i loved them i love the guys i love the oh my god i can't even look at that wow um wow. yeah these are just some photos from uh from rollo and you can see like the entire place is burned up Man. Luckily, no one was injured. It was in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, so no one was injured, but still, like we are a very close-knit family in the DOG yeah. manufacturing world. There's not a lot of us. None of us make a lot of money. Uh, we all do it because we like it. And, you know, it just hurts to see something like this happen. And Rolo, so Rolo is, you know, he's in charge of the concept, the CX-5. and One of the best CX. guys. Yeah. Super nice guy. And Lorena's too. Both of these guys are really, really nice. Oh. And they go out of their way to, you know, support our hobby and support our livelihood. And, you know, they've they always changed layups and did anything they could to to make me happy when I flew for them. The, the fact that they this, oh, what an incredible loss. You know, I hope they're wishing the best and back on their feet immediately as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, so Rolo has set up a fundraiser to try and help Lorinus get back on his feet. You know, all the materials are burned up. All the Rolo Ro sells really expensive foam, yeah. guys. So all of that's burned up. All the carbon fabrics burned up. I think most of their molds are not salvageable, uh, including some new stuff that they've been working on. Yeah. So it's just going to take months and months to to get back on their feet. Anyway, so Rolo has a fundraiser set up. I'm going to link it down in the description box below, you know, get Lorena's back on his feet as soon as he can. You know, just think of like, if you don't, if you just skip three or four lunches for a week, you know, and send a hundred mm -hmm. bucks or 10 bucks or, or anything, you know, so anything helps. We have a real generous community. So hopefully uh, everything we can do will help them start making those beautiful planes again, because uh, that, that those guys that make the CX-5 and the stream team guys, they do not, this doesn't need to be their end. This needs to be just a, a, a hiccup and let's get them back on their feet. I, I know they're very, very bummed over this. Oh, and, you know, right. Let's show them as a community that we stand behind them, you know, regardless. Let's, let's just, all, everybody that watches this in this time, you know, um, see what you can do to help and, 
and the the outflow of of our support on Facebook and everything else and the money that we donate hopefully shows them that you know we really stand behind them. We really want them to keep going. Mm -hmm. And even if you can't donate any money, and I understand sure. that not everyone can, right. maybe just a quick share or a quick comment on it so yeah, that it raises right. a bit more. Sorry, it's my <laughs> it's my son who wants me to read eggs and ham, but. Andy said, Papa, so you need to go to the lady, okay? Green eggs and ham later tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I will not eat them with a fox. No. You probably salt. spent a lot of time reading that to your kids, too. Yeah, right. It's kind of, <laughs> if you read it in a certain way, it's kind of perverted. <laughs> yeah. I will not, will not, could not, would not with a fox. Yeah, me neither. I'm not doing a fox. What's up with that? <laughs> Depends on what kind of fox. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. Uh, so the team selects for the US oh. F3K team uh, going yep. into the 2022 World Championships yep. took place a couple weeks back. Uh, you know, we have Gavin back with us. Again, welcome, Gavin. And nice why? to see you. Why do you have me back with you? I don't, I don't know, because no one wants like to talk to me. People. And you call me, you're like, hey, let's do it again. Well, I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's talk about team selection. Wait a second. You were the one who, you're, you're like, hey, Thomas, I want to come on again. Let's talk about the world, uh, the, the team selects, Thomas. Yeah, that's wanna... true. That's true. But we yeah, I guess. I get, okay, I'll give you that. I'll take, I'll take 20% responsibility. <laughs> all right, so. How did you do at the team selects? I did. I did really well. I went into the team selects with a mindset that I hadn't done before. I'd went into the team selects uh, to say, I'm going to make it to the flyoffs and I'm going to make it on the team. I didn't care about winning. I just cared about being one through third place. So in the, in the prelims, I flew really well, very consistent. I didn't get a lot of thousands, but I got a lot of nine, nine, sixes, nine, nine, sevens, you know, and, uh, I stayed, I stayed uh, conservative when I had to, and I took chances, very few chances when I had to. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and in the prelims, I won the prelims enough that I didn't even have to use my drop until the last round. Mm -hmm. And the last round was something I did. I tried to, um, I don't know how to put it. I tried to sucker some pilots out into bad air where, where they, but they didn't fall for it. And I, so, and it gave me, my last round was my drop and it didn't matter because I was already in the flyoffs. And in the flyoffs, I was several hundred points of, I've had of, probably about 400 points ahead of third or maybe I don't, it's hard to remember now, but I flew real consistent. I didn't try to do quick turnarounds. All I did was make sure I got big launches, made my time and made it on the team. And I've been so close so many times I've gone, it's been 12 years. I've tried to get on the team. And, and uh, this is your first time I, that I you were able to get in the top oh, three. The Congratulations. Crazy, right. The craziest story was the last flight, I can't tell you, I don't get nervous or anxiety when I'm flying, you know, especially the thing, but at the team selects, I did a lot. You get angry. You, get, you get angry, angry when you fly. But I'll tell you, if you ask some people, if you ask, you know, the John Finches of the world and Clint Christofferson, he uh, timed for me the whole time until mm -hmm. the flyoffs, um, my turnarounds were horrible. They were so bad. I mean, bad. They were horrible. And I only had maybe a couple good ones in the whole contest. And that shows you that the flying meant so much more than the speed of the turnaround uh, because I made all my times. In fact, my drop going into the, my drop, I didn't even have to fly the last round. I could have just sat down and waited and I still got, I still won the prelims. Uh, but my turnarounds are horrible and they were horrible in the, uh, 
in the flyoffs too. I literally would let the plane like hit me. I'd pick it up off the ground and throw it. It's crazy. It was the craziest thing. I just was like, I can't, I knew I was going to make it. I had that feeling I was going to make it and I was excited. And on the last, the craziest story is on the last round, the last flight of the last round, you know, I had made it. I already knew I was going to make it. I knew where the air was going to be. I had a great read. Uh, so did Rado. He was standing next to me and Rado kind of like yelled over his shoulder. He goes, one more throw, Gavin, and we're in. And I was like, man. So Rado got on the team as well. Uh, Rado and which, Joseph. Which yeah. are the three? So, so Joseph, yeah, you, Joseph, and Rado. Joseph, and myself, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Oleg, strong team. Oleg is a runner-up. Oleg is a runner-up. That's what a really a, strong team. Yeah, brutal. Brutal flights. There was one flight that really came to mind. It was, and it wasn't me flying. It was uh, Clint Christofferson, and he was flying. And we kind of had a read over in this corner, and the corner was real sketchy. Like, if you ran to it, you might be okay, but if you didn't make it, you were in real trouble. And he made it. Everyone else fell out, like, you know, two minutes into this five-minute flight. And he just burned them all at the stake, and they <laughs> they just hated us for it. <laughs> well, know? well, I saw like I saw on the scorecard there were a lot of drops that were really low, and these were all top pilots. Yeah, and like, you saw like 200, yeah, 300, 400, like, 500. Minch, I mean, all these guys taking just you know, it just horrible, horrible, horrible rounds, and. I just somehow, you know, I just, I just said, I'm not going to take these big chances. I'm, you know, I'm just going to do what I know and, you know, make sure my plane performs. And that was it. You know, I was quick. What were the conditions like? Sometimes they were very soft and floaty and there was only, but a lot of it was like, you know, the one thermal on the field, you know, just one. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you were in it, you were in it. And if you dallied getting there to it, um, you wouldn't make it. You just wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And I had one. I had a couple of those rounds, but the time that I dropped was always like in the three, three twenties and everyone else dropped time too. So I, you know, I ended up looking great because I had more time than them on the whole thing, but it was, uh, it was rough. I mean, when those guys are having, when everybody in you know, myself included are having a hard time with the day, it was, it was tough, tough conditions. Yeah. Well, before we continue guys, if you're watching this on YouTube and you enjoy it, please press like, Hit subscribe and a notification bell icon. You know, subscriptions are, of course, free. It's YouTube. And we're working really hard to produce you know, more content for you guys. So your engagement, your support, it really helps our channel grow. And so that, you know, with your support, we can continue to make these videos. And hopefully, we can help more people successfully enter into our hobby and fly RC gliders. So thank you guys very much for tuning in and watching and, you know, sharing, subscribing. It really does mean a lot to us. Now, Gavin, you mentioned something about drops. So for those who aren't aware, so in the past, you could get a drop round after round five. And depending on how many more rounds you fly, you will get more drops. I think... It was a year or two ago where they changed it to just one drop for the whole contest. And it doesn't Total kick in day. until right? yeah, round 12 before you yeah. even see that drop. Right. So I remember like, I remember in the beginning getting like three drops in a 15 round contest. And yeah. those were the good old days. I mean, like, we're like, can you imagine three drops now? Oh, no way. But the there hasn't been a lot of big events in the States uh, since the, the rule came because of COVID. Right. So, Right. This was probably one of the first major ones uh, yes. that has this rule. A lot of new changes too. Um, you know, changes like you can't fly for the last minute, the the, the last minute of the prep window. You know, before mm-hmm. anything, all of them, all down. That's kind of new. That's gone on for about two years too. And uh, 
The new tasks, some of the new tasks. Oh. What's your favorite new task? Oh, man. Uh, one throw, 10 minutes sucks. It's oh, horrible. God. I've heard about it. One throw, five minute. But the problem with the five minute is it's kind of like, it's kind of easy because you just kind of wait it out because you've got two minutes of fluff time. Well, it, we've always had that though. Task A, seven minute with the last uh, seven minute window. Yeah. The last flight counts five minutes. All of the, always had that. the big ladder and stuff, you know, the, the, the ladder task, the, all the make or break tasks have kind of gone by the wayside. You know, hmm. poker always stinks, you know. But uh, poker now is three calls instead of three five. Calls. Yeah, three calls instead of five. And uh, most guys, I'll tell you, most guys in poker, lots of guys went all in and they didn't, some of them didn't make it. You know, so what them, did you do for poker? With Because uh, now, so, for, for those who don't know, for those who don't know what poker is, so you have a 10-minute window. Mm -hmm. In the past, you can nominate five flights. Let's say uh, you nominate a two-minute flight. If you hit that, then you get the two-minute time, and then you can do your next nomination and get try to get those points onto the table. Uh, but if you miss the two-minute, then you have to refly that until you make the two-minute. And you can't change your nomination until you make that time. So it's a very, very difficult task. Let's say yeah, if you, if like you... A five minute, if you say mm -hmm. five minutes and there's only five minutes and eight seconds left in the window and you land in a minute, you don't have enough time to make five minutes. So that's strategically a bad, a bad way. So, well, you're done for that round in that case. Right. A lot of guys. Now I went in, like I told you, I went in and I was going to be very conservative. I wasn't going to play chances with big rounds like poker. And I said, uh, I'm going to do it in three. I'm going to use all three, no matter what. I'm going to use three. Right, because the new rule is three nominations instead three of nominations. five. Right. So I think my first call was a 130, you know, a minute 30. And I wanted to do, really wanted to do like a 45 second just to get, but 45 seconds doesn't give me enough time to look around long enough and, and to feel my plane out. So I did a 130 and then I had air. I, I had air. I, I, I thought I knew where air was and other people were in air. But I said, no, I'm going to, and I called a three, a three minute. Mm -hmm. I went back to the air, no problem like that. And then now I'm out of cycle with people because they're still going to be flying the people that called two, only two calls. Mm -hmm. And so um, I came back down and just bombed it up there and, and it was easy and I for all in. But, you know, when I got my nine, nine, six or nine, nine, eight, because I dropped a couple seconds in the, in the turnaround, but I made sure I made my time. You know, I didn't take that risk of, calling in calling you know eight and a half minutes mm -hmm. five of it well know. it sounds like the conditions uh were not supportive of you know trying to get a thousands across the board because some conditions some some events especially no. in europe you see a lot of events where uh it's all down to the second you get thousands 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 and then mm -hmm. if you drop one second it's like a 997 and then maybe the top three is decided based on that single second of drop but it seems like this contest was not like that because the conditions were not quite good enough. And the leaderboard changed a bunch. It, it changed when the drop hit, it changed big because Joseph, uh, he had a lot of thousands. He was killing it, but he had like a 690 or something down, you know, and it was just dragging him down because he was And that was early on in the contest. Early on, he got it right off the bat. I couldn't even imagine having that, that hanging, looming over your head the whole, the whole contest. But he pulled it out. He really did. He flew amazing. Rado flew really conservative, really well. Uh, mm -hmm. Oleg flew really well. Padilla, 
Padilla was flying great. He was up in the lead. You know, he, he got in the lead for a couple rounds, maybe a round or two, and then and then just bad luck struck. It just struck him, you know, and we've all been there. You know, we've all been there where it's just like, you know, all of a sudden you get a couple rounds where you can't do anything right and it's too late. You know, there's no digging out of it. And so, and then, you know, oh, a couple other guys had really, really bad luck. I don't even want to say their names because it was just, it was heartbreaking because they want, you know, you could tell they wanted it. They wanted it so bad and they're such a good pilot and it's, and just bad luck. It's just bad luck. Mm-hmm. It's about piloting skills. The top 10 guys there, probably 12 guys, they all could get on the team. You know, it just depends on who pulled it. And this, this time it was my lucky two days, you know, or three days. So what are you going to be doing to train on the lead up to the world championships? I've got some bad habits that I have and I'm trying to work through those. And then I need to go and either fly with Mickey. I think I'm not sure yet. I'm, this is a little early to be saying this, but I think Mickey might be our team manager. I hope he is. We're going to have a team meeting. We're going to discuss that. If so, I'm going to go down and fly with Mickey. He doesn't know this. If he watches this, Mickey, I'm going to come see you. Um, but I need to, uh, we need to work out who's going to time. You know, we need to start working out on, you know, how we're going to fund the team. Uh, we need to work out planes. I know that uh, this is a horrible thing, but I know that two of our pilots, Joseph and, and Rado, fly CX-5s. Mm-hmm. And the bad news we heard today, uh, that puts a damper on that. So um, A lot of pilots around the world fly CX-5s. Sure. It, just, it crushes everybody. And I, I just can't even imagine what's going through there. I mean, I'm going to talk to them here in a little bit, but uh, it's going to be horrible. But so I've got some bad habits I got to work on. I got to do some uh, uh, practicing. I got to get my planes, uh, my stable of planes stable. Uh, make sure I put them through the ringer. You know, building new planes and taking them to the world is dumb. You want to take proven ships that you really know to the world mm-hmm. that you don't have to think about. They're trimmed. They stay trimmed. You know, you know yeah. your servers are good on them. Make sure all the servos are running properly. Replace right. anything that seems questionable. Right. Yeah, just get everything up to up to standard. Yeah, fly them and then, you know, have your spares and have everything ready to go. And But, yeah, so that's what I've got. to. And it's... You know, I don't know if, if it's going to get postponed, but fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. I want to. I want to really go, and I want to. You know, I want to put myself up against the best. I really do. I think I can beat them. Uh, they don't think so, but we'll see. <laughs> well, there's one pilot you won't beat at the Worlds, and that's me. Um, but, Are they actually going to uh, let you go? <laughs> let me think of all the Canadian I, Hopefully, pilots. I'm on the team. Let me think. Oh, I know him. He can beat you. Oh, he can beat you. No, I don't think you're going. <laughs> Screw off. No, you're coming. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, it'd be like Croatia all over again, right? Well, hopefully I have a better timer this time. And no, you want Nick as your timer. <laughs> you chatting the whole time? Yeah. I, I don't think Nick's going to be my timer this time. Who would be your timer? I actually w- I want to fly good. I'll time I don't for need you. someone who's live streaming and you know, talking to others while timing and forgetting to actually time for me at the Worlds. I would love to time for you because I'd walk <laughs> you out of bounds and we'd sit there be chatting and next thing you know. Well, that's the only way you would be able to beat me. So I'm going to smarten up. You're not going to be timing for me this time. I'll find someone. So, you know, the team selects, it was flown together with the possum toss. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Uh, it was, it, it, it scored separately, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They actually flew. Um, so there was like... 16, 18 guys in the team select, and then there was probably 12 guys in the possum toss, 
And so they flew two rounds of the team selects and then two rounds of the possum toss and then just rinse. Oh, okay. We did it. So they weren't, we didn't fly together. Uh, and we didn't, um, so the, you were in separate rounds then separate rounds. They didn't fly at the same time we did because that would give an, unf that's not like a fair, um, if there's more planes in there, even if they, they've got to be at the competing in the same thing, because they're giving us they they could be giving reads or, you know, all sorts of things could be going on or they could mm -hmm. midair. I mean, all, it, they don't need to hold them at the same time, but I'll tell you, it was fun to watch them. Cause that's the first time I've seen electric F five K planes compete okay. with handlance planes. Super mm -hmm. fun. Super fun. <laughs> so I like actually you know, one of the recent videos I made was mm -hmm. whether zooming should be allowed for electric right. assist DLGs in mixed events like the possum toss. Yep. Um, so a little bit of context for those who don't know in the U S and some of the other countries, I think Israel, I think I forget where I, I heard of a couple of different places uh, pilots can now fly their F5K models in local DLG events. And right. so the general guideline I've seen is, you know, motor cutoff at 50 meters or uh, five seconds, whichever mm -hmm. comes first. Right. And really the main purpose of this is to help get more pilots back into these events and these contests, especially pilots who used to fly with us, and but they could no longer throw competitively. Maybe they're getting older uh, or physical limitations like injuries or something. Sure. Now, you know, after that video came out last week, uh, there were some discussions around the, from the pilots around the world. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to address, you know, a couple of the things that uh, they brought up and our, maybe our point of view on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's such a early stage of F5K as a standalone uh, competition class, but also these mixed launches in local events. I think discussion is very, very important. And that's why... I talk about F5K and mixed uh, launch quite often on our channel, uh, you know, so that we can find the best way to approach it and make it successful. So if you have your views on it, you know, make sure you comment on the YouTube comments down below as well. But the first point I wanted to talk about was there's some pushback against allowing mixed use in F3K contests. And the, the thought is that, you know, F3K should be, left as it is as a more athletic so that there's a athletic portion of it that provides an advantage just like like any other sport mm -hmm. and you know i i completely agree with that i think f3k as a like a formal competition class either national at the national level or internationally i don't think we should have electric assist i think it should be the way it is written in the fai rulebook you should be hand launching it but i think for local events we should allow more people to join by having this accessible to them. If they need electric assist to be able to compete, then why not? Right. So what do you think, Evan? You know, I have the same, you know, I feel the same kind of way. I feel that um, I worked very hard to get my launch that I have <laughs> and I have an advantage. I feel that I have an advantage on the field because of my launch. Well, you know, let's put it this way. If you weren't launching that high, let's say if you and I have both launched the same height, you would never be ranking so high. <laughs> That's it, huh? You know, somebody told me a long time ago that you can't outlaunch stupid. Mm. Well, apparently you've proven that wrong. Right. Because I absolutely can now. I can outlaunch stupid.
<laughs> at least I can outlaunch three stupid decisions the way I see it. But uh, I, uh, I, I sort of agree with you and I sort of don't because, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing I see, I fly with some old guys, you know, and I fly with guys that really love F3K. They really love it, but their, their bodies are to the point where they just can't throw these planes and God willing, they want to, but they just can't throw these planes higher than like 50 feet. I mean, it's like 15, 20 meters. It's really bad. And they're, they just, they can't make their time. So it's becoming no fun for them. And watching these guys and half these planes weren't like thoroughbred furies out there. They were like home built things that these guys had put together. They were amazing. Poly planes mm-hmm. with a glass fuse and, and uh, flaps. They had flaps, but no ailerons. And they weren't getting, they weren't super powerful, but they were getting maybe 150 feet, you know, 120 feet. And they were having a blast. They were in no contention to beat us. If we mm-hmm. were flying against them, the, the same guys are going to win, you know, and, but it's allowing them to come out and compete uh, even though they can't do it athletically anymore. And I, and I think that's fine. I wasn't, I'm not threatened by them. I could see how people could be threatened by them. And for that, I would say they need to, those people need to go out and practice more because an electric plane shouldn't beat you. Now, I'm sure there could be times in weather conditions and stuff where the wet, the, the electric plane could, you know, because of the bigger wing and stuff, maybe you could f- somehow find a, find a niche where, you know, you could do really well with one like that, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't, with my skills, I wouldn't fly one because of an advantage. I don't see an advantage to it because of the turnarounds would be slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and Especially uh, some events, they require you to land the plane uh, before the you can pick it up. Exactly. And that's a safety thing, too, because it did. And there's a propeller on the front, right? Yeah. You're going to get a lot of extra drag on the plane that you can never get out of. We, we discussed it earlier. We were like, you know, if, if that isn't a rule, then what's to stop someone from just flying over and touching the plane as it goes by and then punching mm-hmm. the throttle. And at that point, that's the fastest turnaround anyone's ever seen ever. You couldn't <laughs> even time it. You'd be like tap, tap, as fast as you could, but, but that's not how it is. These planes would land on the ground. They would pick mm-hmm. them up and throw them. And so that's, that's fine. You know, and I thought they had so much fun and I, you know, I love watching the guys do it. And mm-hmm. some of them were, you know, like there was a uh, guy there with an NXT wing on this homemade fuse with some tails and uh, just, you know, foam wings that they built. Just awesome. They had a great time. And I'd hate to see, I, I, I don't think we're ready for F5K contests yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have the planes, but I, we haven't had one. I mean, that's not true. I'm sorry. Arizona has F5K contests, but it's the local guys that put it on. It's like a local club and they, and they think no one travels to it. So there hasn't been an F5K event yet to where people just go to do that. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, it's a well, actually, We're going to talk. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on another point uh, about separated F5K and F3K events, sure. because sure. that does happen in other parts of the world. Right. Just not really in North America. North right. America, it's more like a mixed thing. So actually, let's go to my second point first. And that is, you know, some pilots are voicing that they don't mind it being flown together, but that it should be scored separately. Now, I, I do think it makes sense, uh, but there's a practical aspect to it. Like, are there enough pilots to make that possible? So I think, you know, if there are enough pilots uh, in both classes at the yep. event, then yeah, you can score it separately. If there's not enough pilots, then there's no real 
possible way to score it separately. I don't think there's you know much to discuss on that point. It's just again a matter of practicality. But then you know if you have enough pilots to score it separately, it actually leads me to my third point, which is having F5K and F3K as two separate events as they're written in the FAI rulebook. And, you know, parts of the world, like Europe, they fly F5K as a separate event, especially in the Netherlands. They have a lot of events there. I know in Spain, they're doing that. Um, I know in China, they've had quite a number of those events already. And the pilots seem to love them. But as you mentioned, in the States, maybe Arizona is the only place who's tried that. Right. Right. No one else I've seen has tried it yet, uh, but nobody has said, hey, let's put on a big F5K event because I most people have one of these planes by now or could get one quickly. Many people have them. Many, many more people have them. And lots of people in my club have them. You know, mm-hmm. so my clubs are not – my club is not a hand-launch-friendly club. I mean, there's only maybe two guys, Tom Seiler and Gil Perez, are the only people that I know that fly hand-launch in my club. And they don't and, – and, and really, t- Gil doesn't fly competitively. Tom does, but he's uh, he doesn't go to a lot of events. So – but they both have F5K planes. Tom makes his own plane, and Gil has um, something. I don't know what he has. I think he has a, actually has an electric uh, Vortex. So all these guys have these planes. These planes are around. So if, if someone wants Well, to you can – even if you don't have one yet, if you have an old plane laying around, let's say you have an old Taboo or a Blaster or Super yeah. G, you can modify it into all an electric. relevant again because of the weight of the – you know, they're designed to carry that kind of weight. That'd be great. Yeah. The only reason they kind of went out of fashion was because they couldn't really launch as high as the current right. planes, right? Like the, the current planes, they launch so much higher. But if there's an electric motor on it, all of these planes are suddenly okay again. And yeah. the thing is, even if you're just buying a new plane, you can probably design something very cheap, maybe like a foamy or a balsa built up plane a under the F. Plane would be fine. It would be fine. I think so. I think the rules are very, you know, it's very accessible, especially with if if you're taking into account the minimum uh, wing loading that's in the guidelines. Right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, can you imagine electric saltpeter? How good is that plane flu? (laughs) That would be sweet. It'd be amazing. Electric blasters. Oh, they they do have electric blasters. They have a really good flavor. And they they are good. They, they are, they are good flying planes. Yeah. But, um, and I think some of those planes will outperform the new thoroughbred DLGs that people are bolting motors on, because I think the DLGs just, they just don't want to take the 300 grams of weight. You know? Well, I think they're totally two sets of optimization for right. F3K I, and FF. I, I mean, not to be a shameless plug or something, but that's why we went with the Fury like as a separate design, because we, I do feel that it's, separately uh optimized but anyway that's kind of off topic in a tangent somewhere right but i i think that i think that they can coexist until there's enough until i think they can do both i think they can have their own event and f3k can have its own event but i do think at the club level and the normal you know the not the huge events but i do think they can coexist i do and even like poway you know, if some old guys or not, I hate to say old guys, but let's just say there's some guys that just, you know, think that can't throw anymore or don't want to throw. And that's, that's their cup of tea. Then, you know, so be it. Then let them come. I would mm-hmm. be ashamed if one beat me, you know, I would be, but, <laughs> 
and it would probably happen. I mean, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I don't see why you would feel threatened by them because they're not, uh, their performance is good, but I don't think there's just too many turnarounds and too many things where a, a real thoroughbred DLG is going to beat it out. I really do think so. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, going back to the point where, you know, the current ones are launching to 50 meters, most competitions, and maybe, like, I don't know how high the typical pilot launch is. I, I don't know, like it. Meters. Well, let's put it this way. If the typical pilot is not launching to 50 meters, and so maybe some people will feel that, hey, you know what? 50 meters is going to be an unfair advantage for the electric guys. Mm-hmm. Then maybe the CD can think of changing it to 45 meters or 40 meters. I think there's some room to experiment you know, with. I didn't see of the there – there's 12 guys. Let's see. There's probably seven of the guys flying electrics. Okay. Yeah. Wow. More than half. Yeah. Yeah, more than half, right. And and it's because uh, a gentleman's named Don Cleveland, he builds the fuselages, and so a lot of his club members and friends have built these planes, and uh, so there was a lot of the same plane there and then a couple other planes. But uh, they wouldn't go to 50 meters in five seconds. The five seconds is the killer part. That's a very quick amount of time. And if the plane isn't super fast, it just won't make mm-hmm. it. You know, 50 meters. Right. Okay, so so the launch height is actually below 50 meters from very your observation. Much so, very much so. Yeah, maybe one or two of the planes were making it, but I don't I don't think they were. You know, mm-hmm. I think you know maybe maybe one or two of them were making it. And 50 meters is a good is a good hike. I mean, it's a good it's a good shot. You know, if the plane yeah. makes it to 50 meters, you know, like a Fury will make it to 50 meters, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, that's decent. You know, it took a long time for me to launch higher than 50 meters, and 50 meters is a good launch. You got to get. So put some practice into it to get yeah, 50 I mean, meters. If for guys sure. say, hey, I launched to 62 meters, there's nothing shameful about that. You're like, that's a that's a good launch. You know, it's yeah. you know, 60 meters is a that's a bomb, you know. But 50 meters is I don't think I would bet if you took all uh if you took a hundred DLG pilots, I'll bet a I'll bet 60 or 70 of them can't launch higher than 50 meters. And if they do it's fair, it's not much higher. So mm-hmm. yeah. But so the electrics would basically put it them in around the same ballpark. Yeah, of launch yeah height. I, I think so. I think that's, I think 50 meters is a good height. You know, it gives them, it makes them be able to clear the trees at most mm-hmm. of the fields. It gives them enough time to find something, you know, and most of the DLG pilots that are truly flying DLG can launch higher than 50 meters. The, the, the good guys are the guys that are new and they haven't figured it out yet. They're not going to be threatened by them. It's just something new. It's just a little bit of change. But I think that our sport and our hobby needs sometimes it needs a little change to keep it going. And if it keeps some guys flying that wouldn't mm-hmm. normally fly F three K, I'm all for it. You know, right. Maybe At the end of the day, we just want more people to be able to enjoy right. it together, right. be able to hang out. I think in North America versus the European counterparts, I mentioned this on Facebook. It seems like the most of the uh, pushback was from European pilots, and I feel that in Europe they do approach competition a little bit differently. No, I get it. I get it. But you know, the other thing is too, because sometimes I'm bored at work and I'll pick, I'll just say, I'll type in F3K in Google and I'll look at some contest that's going over anywhere in Europe and I'll watch mm-hmm. them. It's, it's a younger crowd than it is in the United it is. States. It's a younger crowd. So I could see that. And also, you know, they're getting 50 people plus, you know, it's a mm-hmm. big event and that's just a weekend event for them. They get, they have a lot more pilots. So yeah, that's fine if they don't want they, – they can do whatever they want. You know, we can do – Oh, for we, sure. 
Sure, for sure. I mean, we're starting to see now in um, in Unlimited, which is a big formula. It's a big plane we launched on a winch. They're allowing electrics to come in too, so that everyone can fly together. And it drives some people crazy. But you know what? We've never seen such high numbers. We're getting 30, 40 people on a weekend event. And we used to only get like 15. So that shows that it's working. Wow, that's a huge difference. It's a huge difference because the guys that have F5J planes can come and fly in a winch event. You can choose a winch or F5J or, or fly either or whenever. And you just have to launch the same direction as the winch and you, and you go to 150 meters and that's it. And then just fly. And for a while, the F5J planes could not beat the winch planes. They couldn't beat them because well, the landing. Technically, yeah, they're not the optimized for those. The landings and to get a better landing square, but it's starting to even out now. Sometimes one wins, sometimes the other one wins, but it's working. I mean, there's still some grumpy, you know, some grumpiness here and there, but you can't please everyone. But from- I think it's definitely a positive. Direction. I do. I I like seeing guys that I know wouldn't be there if it wasn't for that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, the possum toss proved it. Those guys were out there having a good time and they were having a good time and they were, they were separate from us. I mean, they were under the same canopies and stuff, but they would go out on their own and time for themselves. And I did time for a couple of them a couple of times and they were having so much fun. I mean, it was, they were having a good time. And so that made me, that showed me right there that this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know? I think that's amazing. I, and I'll, we'll see how everything progresses. I think one day maybe we will see more F5K standalone events in the States. Who knows? And one meter. And one meter events. Dude, don't even get me started. I love one meter events. Dude, I want to put together, I'm going to say this now, maybe let's do it in 2022. I keep wanting to do like a world's event. Literally like, remember... Remember back in the day, we used to hold an event called the Masters. And we invited the whole world to Muncie, Indiana, and it was a winch event. It was three days, and there was money involved. First place is 2000 bucks. Who, wanted, who puts that money up? Uh, at the time, Horizon Hobbies did. Horizon Hobbies wow. And JR, I think, I think some, uh, a few companies conglomerated together and all the prize money. But, yeah, I would love to do a one meter. That's it. Just bring your one meters fly for money wouldn't that be fun oh (laughs) you know i would love that (laughs) oh i know i it's one of my favorite things because it makes one meters make all the tasks in f3k relevant Mm -hmm. real relevant all all the og tasks because now there are some very new very difficult tasks tasks. the og tasks would all be relevant with a one meter super easy to travel with Mm -hmm. they're half the price of a you know, one and a half meter model. Yep. They their don't get damaged as easily. Yeah, their performance is good. You're not going to get a tip strike out of it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I love one meters. I, do I mean, I, I sell one meters. So people will say, I say I like one meters because I sell one meters. But dude, yeah, I've but said I like one meters I wouldn't care before I, I started selling. Right. That's why I started selling one meters. I wouldn't That's care. That's why I've spent so much time in creating a really good one meter model right right i wouldn't care if i went to a one meter event and i was the only one there with a deviant i mean i'm gonna win mm-hmm. with a deviant but um we used to have a one meter event in san Velasco in february and we yeah. called it the one meter worlds and you've probably seen on rc groups where i've like five time world champion <laughs> but 
Yeah, it was it was so fun because it happened at noon on Friday. Everybody got their one meters, and I think at one time we had like twenty five pilots, twenty five guys had one meters flying it. It was amazing, super fun, super fun. Because well, let's yeah. see if they're gonna have San Telesco again this this uh, coming February. Hopefully, no. Why don't we go? We we should talk later off offline, and let's see if we can put together an event. Because I'll bet yeah. we can put it together. We can put together. You fun. know what? There's a lot of people with one meter uh, planes out there. So many, so many one meters. I've seen, you know, what's funny. I went to Seth this year, which is a big electric fly and it's in America's Georgia. And they just had it again this weekend. And uh, there were guys flying. Uh, there was a guy, I, I think I told you this. There was a guy flying a deviant or two guys flying deviants there. And I didn't even know him. And they had seen them somewhere and they got them and they were at the other end of the field. And there, I saw hand launch planes going up. I go, Oh man, what are those? And I walked down. I was like, Oh my God, they're demons. Where'd you guys get those? I'm like, Oh, we ordered them from Armsor. And you know what the funny thing is? Yeah. You got to check this website out. It's Armsor. He has these cool gliders and everything. I'm like, Oh really? That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. How funny is that? So yeah. They were pimping your stuff to me. <laughs> Dude, you know you made it. <laughs> Man. No, I, I yeah, let's talk I'm offline. Wow. Let's see I, if I, we can get some one meter thing uh, sorted out. And I think that would be interesting. Yeah, get some we'll get some sponsors. Maybe make it like a team fundraising thing or something. That'd be awesome. You know, hey, that would be sweet yeah. for the US team. Yeah, it's a good idea, right? Have a team fundraising so. thing, but yeah. Yeah, we got some ideas, you know, so some fundraising didn't go well in the past and we're going to try to change that. We got, uh, I think all our guys are motivated to, uh, to make this one work. You know, we really want to make it work and not, not be stressed about finances and so that we can just concentrate on going yeah. over there and getting podiums. Guys, you know, it makes sense. there's a huge team USA fundraiser every cycle. But don't forget Team Canada. Mm -hmm. We need you to. <laughs> don't, don't forget about us. Where, where Look at it. What, where where are you, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? I'm trying. I was looking to see if I had a map on my wall or something like Canada. Where's Canada? <laughs> when was the last time you heard anyone care about Canada? <laughs> Hopefully hey, the borders are borders. Yeah, you guys are opening at least in, you're in November, up. I think. So we can drive down and oh, so, maybe awesome. November 6, November 7, Arizona. I don't think we can make it in time for that. I can't um, either. Yeah, can't but either. if there's yeah, anything yeah. in December, that might work. Anyway, I think that's it for today's episode of Camper Up. Um, I, yeah, Why did we even record Like we were just talking. It, it was not so structured today, I think. But anyway, I, I'm mm. he actually headed over to Ukraine to check up on production. Uh, I'm going to meet up with some DLG factories. So I'm thinking of using this opportunity when I'm in Kiev and Kharkov, and I think I'm going to one other city um, to make some slightly different videos for the channel uh, during the trip. So maybe it's going to be a little bit more like a vlog or a bit more entertainment value versus like the usual educational videos we make. Uh, we'll do some factory tours. I already have two factories lined up. I'm trying to line up one more, see if we can do maybe like three factory tours. Um, and I don't know, maybe do some production stuff, like layup stuff. We'll, we'll see what happens when I'm there, but definitely don't miss it. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, all of you out there, I know there's about 50% of our viewers who are not subscribed. 
uh, do so. Don't miss those videos. I think, you know, it will be pretty interesting and hopefully, you know, it's winter. It's getting to winter. It's rainy. It's cold. You're not going to be out there flying. Subscribe, watch some videos. <laughs> There's not much else yeah. you can do. Or start getting other people on this channel. Just one other person, maybe. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Roy uh, when I come back. Roy Dor. You know who you should talk to next, right now, immediately, mm -hmm. is Rolo. You know, um, I think uh, all publicity counts right now, and I think it, if if they if anybody needed it right now, it's them. You know, yep. and so if anybody ever listened to anything I ever said, you know, skip a couple lunches or, you know, sell an old plane or something like that and send some money off to them because they really need it. It is a, it is a uh, thankless job that they do building these planes. Mm -hmm. And some of them, I know people think uh, we're making a lot of money out of them because the planes didn't cost a lot. Yeah. Um, but trust me, we're, we're not, I, I, I wish we were making a lot of money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> building these planes because they love it. Yeah. Not because it's their, you know, they're barely scratching by their livings and they're, they're being very, um, their means, that's what all their, they're spending all their money on their life and building these planes for us so that we can enjoy them. So mm -hmm. we need to really stand behind them at this time of crisis for them. Cause they're in a, I mean, just look at those pictures again. Go back to the beginning of this video and look at those horrible pictures. Those are CX-5 wings laying all over the ground. It's horrible. I mean, it can't... Oh, God. Yeah, which one was it? Uh, show it. Like, this uh, is the inside of their factory. You can see everything. Right. That's, that's a world champion, World Cup trophy that, yeah. you know, they busted their asses off trying to get to. Yeah. Look, right there. This that, that plane with the yellow and the blue and the purple on it, that is the world championship plane that was given back to them by Vincent, the world champion. And I don't know if it's that one or the one with the wing bag, but it's one of these. The one of these bag. is, yeah, one of these is the world champion plane from 2017. That's a stack of CX fives. That is like everybody's dream to have a stack of CX fives, and they're just laying there destroyed. So, yeah, look at all their tools. Look at all the stuff. You know, I don't want to make this podcast, you know, depressing or anything, but they really do need our help. Um, yeah. I don't know why that banana is okay. Maybe it's the banana's fault. <laughs> it could you be know, the banana's fault. In fishing, it's a bad, it's bad luck to take a banana on a boat. Sailing, too, I think. I think taking a banana on a sailboat is a bad – in a race is like a bad luck. Oh, but, shit. man, so – Loranus, if you ever see us, Rolo, man, we love you guys. Uh, we really do. We're so sorry this happened to you, and you know we're gonna we're gonna try to make it right for you. I promise. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, Gavin, thanks for joining us. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Thanks um, for having we'll, us. We'll see you in guys in the next video. Cheers, see you, buddy. Bye.